0: Hi there, global citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, coming to you with part two of my conversation with Suki Fuller. If you missed it last week, go back because you're gonna wanna listen to this full episode. It's a great conversation about an interesting life lived across the globe from the UK to the Middle East to the United States to the Far East and now centered in Europe. So I'll give you a little bit more background as a refresher. She is an intelligence advisor, author, acclaimed international keynote speaker and fellow of the Council of Competitive Intelligence Fellows. She is the founder of Mirror co-founder and senior vice president of DC Analytics and storyteller for Group of Humans. She is a contributing author to A Practical Guide to Competitive Intelligence, which is available on Amazon. And she is a fierce supporter of intelligence, ethical tech, safety tech, security, privacy, and surveillance. Her eclectic 20-year career within strategic intelligence and technology has taken her from the United States Department of Defense to teaching business in China. She currently resides in London, where she is an intrinsic part of the tech community as a board advisor for Tech London Advocates slash global tech advocates, which includes key positions as co-lead, for TLA Women in Tech and vice chair for GTA Black Women in Tech. She was recently named the most influential woman in UK tech by Computer Weekly for 2023. Mind you, she received this award for four years prior. So this is the fifth year running that she's received this award. So let's get right back into our conversation with Suki Fuller. Going back to my comment about mentorship, it sounds like because that is your mindset, that that is probably what people are picking up on in your ability, because there's a vision that I think you're not acknowledging is part of who you are, that then is kind of not necessarily projected, but in the way that you're dealing with folks is setting them on an illumination path, if that makes any sense. So when you think (laughs) about you as a mentor, and the things that you have kind of absorbed from those who have mentored you, what are some of the key kind of activities or takeaways that you, you know, would advise for mentors and even mentees and how to interact with a mentor? <laughs> a, really weird thing. a
1: really weird thing happened to me recently. Uh-huh. So um, I was at an event and I just, you know, you're just talking to people and connected with a few people. And there was this older white gentleman there, and I'll give him a shout out, Robert Baker. And he is on the women on boards board. He has been in the equality sort of space for a long time. I mean, he's been on this board for like seventeen years. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. His whole entire existence when he like left corporate and everything is always been about equality, but he was so very much behind the scenes to a lot of people out there. And, and so we connected on LinkedIn and I was like, this guy, you know? uh." So we had a, a conversation. We just had a zoom chat. And I said, dude, I said, you need to be a lot more public. You need to share more of what you're doing because women need allies. And I said, and you are very much in that space where you, you know, you're in that space. You need to be seen more. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, I'm doing things. I was like, you need to post more about it. Never take my own advice about this stuff, of course. (laughs) I said, you need to post more about this. You need to, you know, share more of the things you're doing. No big deal. Then, like, in the last, probably the last month, and this was just recently, the last month, the last two months, he is everywhere. <laughs> he is everywhere. He's, and I'm going. I'm going. If you look at his like his profile, like LinkedIn before, he was posting, but not as much. And now he's like, and I'm like, yes. I'm trying to get him to persuade him to write a book. I'm like, write a book because his life is so fascinating. The fact that he is such a big ally. For women in general, not you know, just for women, and he's nobody really knows about him except for specific groups. I'm like, no, dude, dude, you need to be out there setting the example so that other people can see it. I said because your peers, the other white dudes, they're they're behind. (laughs) But it's just really weird because I didn't think that I was mentoring him. I was just having a conversation. And he reached out to me and he says, no, you're, you like mentored me, (laughs) you know, you coached me. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I just gave you a little bit of advice. So it's those
0: gifts that we don't know that we have sometimes.
1: So It's just a conversation. I always tell people it's just, it's just a conversation. I don't think, yeah, you know, you get best mentor, you know, when you're an accelerator program and, you know, you're advising. I'm going, what do you mean best mentor? You know, I just talked to people, you know, told them some really hard truths, gave them some hugs, you know, (laughs) sent them on their way, said, you know, maybe you ought to pivot your company because that's rubbish. Uh (laughs) 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 I had to do that a few times, you know, it's like, what is the worth of your company? What exactly are you hoping to achieve? You know, what good is it for the world? And I'm a firm believer in that. Don't just do something because it's going to make a shed load of money because ultimately you're going to feel you need to do something else. And it's, it's, it's not going to fulfill you, you know, very few people that get fulfilled from that. You can see it with people that are extremely wealthy. They're still not fulfilled.
0: You mentioned something about your accent. before. And so I think that's a good kind of intro to glocal speak because you living in so many places and, and you know, co- I think part of this is the code switch, right? So there's a little bit of the code switch for the different geographies and locations that you might be in. You know, we typically think of code switching as changing from vernacular to, quote unquote, formal English or what have you. But with that all said and understood, we want to hear what you hear. So I ask you to share a word, a phrase, or a saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and why or how you come to value it as global speak. And so this could be any local that you've decided that you are particularly attached to, or, or a saying that you like to use. There are two things about
1: the UK. One that bothers me, and that is the consistent. I'm sorry. It's the apologizing for everything. And I very rarely say, sorry. I always say, I apologize. And I do not remember who taught me that. I just know it was somebody in my intelligence career that said, don't ever say you're sorry. Just say you apologize.
0: Interesting.
1: Don't remember why. I just know that now. And if I say I'm sorry, it is a very personal thing it's not to anybody on the street that i say i'm sorry it's you know people say that they bump into somebody and they say sorry i'm going why are you telling me sorry you know <laughs> it's you know why am i saying sorry to you when you bumped into me no no
0: <laughs> it's just you know it's like it's so true it's become just like a throwaway word so there's no meaning to it so the accountability yeah it's it's like saying you know how you
1: doing? That's one of the things in the U.S. How you doing? That irks me because, and when people say it here, you know, like, oh, how you doing? I'm, do you really want to know? When people ask that, I always say, do you want to know the truth or do you want to know the glow, the glowing truth? <laughs> and it stops people because so I'm like, don't ask the question if you don't really want to know. Because when I ask the question. I wanna know. I that's why, as you saw when we when we started speaking, I'm like, no, there's the truth, and then there's mm, the truth. So and and that just is just consistent with me. The one thing that I love about there's this phrase that is so annoying. It's so wrong. But it's a British thing, and it is in it. Yes, it is. Oh my god. I do not know <laughs> why and I think it's it It's just one of those things when people say, Oh, you know, in it, and I just don't know why <laughs> I just it's such a British sort of a British it's very it's everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're up north. it doesn't matter. People, everybody uses it. And I'm just I don't know why I love it so much. I just love,
0: that yeah, it's it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever spent time in um in Ghana, but it's like our chalet. So like, oh, tell it. Or in it yeah. It's a, uh, it's one of those catch everything words, right? just Yeah. yeah. And I
1: just, <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things. And I, I, I've been, I've spoken to and been with some of the, the poshest quote yeah. unquote people in the land. And they use it. Sure, sure exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like, wait a minute. You're like some eaten, educated Oxbridge person. And, you know, and they will say, in it. And I am like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Where is this coming from? Oh, yeah, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And the the thing that I don't like about what we say in the U.S., one that has permeated the whole world, and it's awful, is you guys. And I make a huge effort, especially when I'm at a female-focused, women-only event, and people get on the stage and go, well, I hate you guys. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't care if it's a general term. It's a general term that I don't think is very valuable. Sure. I mean, it's gendered. It's a gendered term. Exactly. It's not, it's horrible. It's, it's everywhere in the world now. And it's now in the UK. And I make a point of just telling everybody, don't use it. When you start out uh, an event, don't say, Hey, you guys, you know, and people do, they get on the stage and they do that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all, you know, y'all is my, is my favorite. I always say, (laughs) Hey, y'all And people. It's like, I'm talking to everybody. Sure.
0: sure, right. It's more inclusive. So th- I, I like where the conversation is going with that comment because you've done and you're very much focused on women's empowerment and particularly in the tech space. And so can you tell us a little bit more about where you what your now is in, in terms of working with women and and empowering them in and tech and and in entrepreneurship?
1: <sighs> so I'm gonna take my flowers right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that this year um, we have uh, an award ceremony as uh, Computer Weekly, and that's one of the biggest magazines, publications for people within the industry. And I won Computer Weekly's Most Influential Woman in UK Technology for 2023. Nice. And I won that in October. That was last month.
0: Congratulations. Yes. Nice.
1: And thank you very much. I always get really uncomfortable with awards and uh, it is what it is. But for me, being out front as an intelligence person is not what we do. We are supporters of people that are in the front. We are the key advisors to national security officers. We are, you know, we are the advisors to CEOs, to boards, to the chief stakeholders. We are sort of the conciliere, you know, we are that side guy to, you know, the Michael mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are. Mm-hmm. We are not mm-hmm. the people out there making the decisions. We advise you on where you should go. So for the longest time in the women in tech space, I've always been the advisor to people that are in the women in tech space, to people that are on boards where they're senior women in leadership positions. I've been, uh, quote unquote, mentors or advisors to them. So this was kind of like one of those things like, oh, so I have to be out front now. Okay, right. Yeah. And so for me, this is just basically provided a platform for me to help some of the women that are not out front as much to highlight that there are women that work in technology that are not technologists, Mm -hmm. that there are women like me that work in intelligence, but we're working adjacent to technology there are women that work in architecture there are women that work in just different areas that are not seen as being technology sure. it's everywhere it it imparts it's it's a piece of everything that we do that there are women that are not you know ux ui front end back end developers that there are people that make the equipment hardware they work in tech you know you cannot it's not going to function why are you going to code something if you have nothing to code it on the people that make the hardware that make your computers that make your mobile phones the people that are doing that are working in tech so for me this just provides that opportunity to say hey we have women that are working in mechanical engineering that's tech you know, we have women that are working in electrical engineering. That's tech. It's not just about people that are coding, and that's sort of the the image that's been put out there about technology that it is all you know working at Google, working at Apple, and and coding, and you know making websites. I'm like, no, that's the far end. That's the end result, and. I really want to be more, and I am, I've always been more about people in the supply chain because the supply chain is actually where the real money is worth, (laughs) where the real money is made, and everybody is so focused and hyper-focused on the commercial end at the other side, which is the customer, the, (laughs) the end of the supply chain, which is about consumption, and I'm always about the building you know i would like to be inspirational and more influential to little girls that are wanting to come in and be chemical engineers just because i'm not because guess what mining is where the real talent is because If we don't have people that know how that works, you can't get the end product. Exactly, And that's where you want people. That's where I want people to invest their money. You can invest in Apple. Yeah, that's fine. Invest it in a mine. We need to go back to where we own that original area. You know, like you look at the world and you see like, oh, wait a minute. We don't own the cobalt mines. They're on our land. You know, why do we not own that? You know, and you need that in order to make your nice, pretty battery. So your, you know, your car, or whatever can run your that guy's satellites. Yeah. You know, right. It's, it's just unreal to me that people don't think about tech as that. And that for me is where my whole sort of mission is, is making sure that we get more women, more black women in those areas. And it may not seem like it is fiscally as a advantageous to a lot of young people because they see the glitz and glamour of the other side. But I'm like, the other side is fickle.
0: Right. You know, exactly. It just depends yeah. on
1: it depends on what's popular of the day. You know, what twenty years ago it was all about, you know, oh yeah, having an iPod. <laughs> Hello, you know, you listen to music on your phone. This is gonna go away soon also. So the things that we really need are the things that are building those hardwares, building those mainframes. Like mainframes are not going to go anywhere for a long time. You need that. That's where we need to store. So if you know how to do that, if you know how to make that work, keep it working. If you know how to fix the robots, because yeah, the robots are going to fix it. Who is fixing the robot? Another robot, but somebody at the end of that is going to need how to know how to do that. And that's, and that's where I want to make sure that we get talent seated because if you have the talent at the very beginning of a supply chain, that person is always going to have a level of control. And right now, we don't have any of that control because
0: that's not where our talent is. We're always at the other side of being consumers. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You said that so well, so well. And I would almost venture to say that the vocabulary around technology actually needs to shift to what your expertise is, which is intelligence. So if we're using that more ubiquitously, I think that that would change mindsets to understand that, first of all, intelligence is kind of an elevated, not, you know, this is the PR marketer in my mindset saying that if we, if we just call it all intelligence then every step makes people feel like they're involved in this bigger picture more holistically, right. Just something to think about. When I talk
1: about intelligence to startups, to anybody, I always tell them this should be embedded in the very core of your business. There are, you know, like right now we have people just reverse engineering, you know, safety. An AI safety summit? No, we had a safety summit a few years ago, which was just about online safety. That should be the core of everybody's business. The AI safety is just an addendum because now it's AI. It should actually have been an online safety summit and made that bigger. Instead, we have an online safety bill, which is directed towards children. No, it should have been everybody, which is how it started out. But, you know, things get watered down. But intelligence, it should be at the core of your function. I tell people this when startups come to me, and they say, oh, this is our idea. And I say, build in the intelligence function right now. Build in your business ethics right now. If you're thinking about something, you should be thinking about it ethically. You need to think about, holistically, if somebody were to use this for something other than what you have designed it for, what would that look like? Is it going to be bad? Because people, when they build things, they are always very much in their blind spots of, it's going to be so good for the world, but you also need to consider that it may possibly be bad. Because for every yin, there is a yang. And a lot of people don't think of. So when I say the intelligence of something, I say, look, let's start out. Think about this holistically. The people that you hire, make sure you have good people. And yeah, you're going to have a bad apple, but you can mitigate the risk as long as you are planning and aware. Awareness is key. And a lot of people don't even do that. They say, I'm going to hire this person. When you're looking at where you get your money from, who are you getting your money from? This is, this is my pet project right now is the due diligence when it comes down to starting a company or because people just take their money, which is why you have implosions going around, you know, soft bank overvaluations of companies because people just go, I'm just going to take the money from here. And I know that I could have made a significant amount of money if I was willing to go to some of the places where people are offering me a great deal of money to share my idea of what ethical looks like so that they can undermine that, (laughs) so that they can, you know, do something a little shady. And I tell people, if you, I know at the end of my days on my deathbed, doesn't matter how much money I have, don't have, I want to look back on my life and go, I came here and I did good. I didn't leave and know that I damaged things in such a way that people will be cursing my name from, you know, until the end of their days. You know, I want to know that I affected the world in a positive way. And a lot of people don't consider that. They just want, oh, to just have the best life possible. And for them, the best life is not about doing good, it's just about doing good for them.
0: It's a good good way to move into my mindset hack question. I like to ask, <laughs> what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? And so that's something that you practice, something that you know of, or something that you can imagine for the world as a mindset hack. I don't have a mindset hack. I was thinking about this.
1: I don't have <laughs> one. You know what it is? For me, it's being close to grass. Mm, yes, yes. It's not even so much grass. it's just more nature. I think I am not as pleasant a person when I'm around concrete jungles too much. I can exist in there, but there's sort of a a sharpness that exists when you're in a city. For me, there is. It's like I'm I would be a lot It's like when you're walking through a train station, I like to just walk slow. I don't like to be rushed. I leave to get to places early. So I make sure I have enough time because I like to walk and I like to look around. I like to be aware of my surroundings. And when you're in sort of a city, you're not afforded that luxury. It's like you almost have to acquire a different persona of being hurried. And if you're not hurrying, then you must be a tourist. You're a tourist or something's wrong with you. And for me, living someplace where I'm not hurried is my mindset hack I used to I still do like to trail run but nah the knees
0: no I know
1: <laughs> the, knees, the <laughs> knees and the um and the extra weight that I still like you know COVID you know they, oh, they have the freshman right. 15 and then I had like the COVID 50 um because <laughs> look I was eating good I was like I'm making this you know I would see something like well, I got to make that. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, well, I have to eat it too. <laughs> so, you know, and, and um, yeah, and, you know, subsequent things. So, eh. but I, I do like to be outside in nature. I don't care a beach, the woods. I just, if I can see it from my window and it's right there, I'm good. Even if I can't go down and like, you know, touch it just being right there. If I'm looking out my window and there's a big, huge concrete window, big concrete building, different mindset. So for me, it is being able to have space. And space, I know, is very much a luxury afforded to me. It's not for everybody. Not everybody can live outside of the city. So for me, mindset hack, space, books, music, and also silence. Yes,
0: indeed. (laughs)
1: Yeah, those are great ones. Silence and I love being able to sleep at night and there's no lights. Like I don't have to draw my curtains, pull the blinds down. It's
0: it's pitch black and it's just silent. Yeah, that's a, that's a great feeling. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because so I was just on a plane and in most of my entertainment, like movies comes from watching on planes because I don't, I don't have time otherwise. So this was a film called the pod generation. And so exactly what you're saying was part of the storyline of this comfort and discomfort with nature. And this was a society that had figured out that, Oh, we don't need nature anymore. We're just going to, you know, everything, you have a nature pod, you know, you have everything that's compartmentalized for you so you don't have to do all those things. So I I, I mean, obviously the film ultimately debunked that theory, but it just kind of speaks exactly to what you're saying about hacking your mindset, because we'll either hack it in a way that makes us less human, or we'll remember that we are those humans that need that interaction. It's needed. It is. It's needed. You know,
1: even... What do I do when I'm outside? Sometimes I listen to music when I'm walking or listen to a podcast. Very rarely do I listen to music or podcast when I run. Like for me and I think that's sort of also a little bit the army thing coming back is that I like to run and like to hear things and in my head usually I'll maybe sometimes sing cadence in my head just to make sure that I'm keeping my stride, my gait correct. It's just, and I also think that's probably because that's where my true sort of running and training started was in the reserves, was in the army. So running to like singing cadence in my head works. It's a weird thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm the same. I don't, my soundtrack for running is nature. It's the streets. It's, it's you know, and it's that awareness because I'm moving. But when I walk, I am listening typically to a book or a podcast or something like that. So we're very similar in that way, which leads us to ask you, you've kind of said, you know, what you do when you're not being this phenomenal change maker and change leader. But tell us more about what you're reading, watching or listening to. And what are some of your favorites? <sighs> I knew you <laughs> <laughs> so you know what i recently
1: started listening to because i do listen uh, you know audible gets way too much they they just they just got me didn't they
0: uh-huh they were
1: just <laughs> like oh hello let's just get her right we know we'll have her for life mm-hmm. i started listening to arnold schwarzenegger's oh work.
0: okay okay
1: and very surprisingly <laughs> actually it's and it's read by him and his voice is not, it's like when you listen to it, you're just like thinking, I'll be back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's sort of practical advice. Cause he had a very clear vision of the things he wanted to do at a very young age. So it's, it's a lot of practical vi- advice and it's really good. Okay. I've, I've actually heard that. Yeah. I was really like, I was, I was genuinely shocked, <laughs> genuinely shocked. Cause I don't usually go with the recommendations of Audible. Sure. Right. You know? yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I don't think so. Right. The algorithm, <laughs> and, yeah, and, whatever. And I was like, uh, I was like, you know what? I'll spend the credit on that. I won't buy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: right.
1: <laughs> what else? Um, so as you can see from behind me, this is the voices in the shadow. And this is our Global Tech Advocates Black Women in Tech book. Oh, nice. And this is our third volume. And we've done these for the last three years. And there are 51 stories of Black women that work in tech. The first volume was women in the UK. The second volume, I think we opened it up, it might be women in, a few women from Ireland and maybe a few from Europe. And this year was more few women that are global i think but it is 51 stories of women that work in tech and you know what they would advice they would give i'm lucky i'm in the first edition Uh, i'm on the board and that for me and we just had our festival three weeks ago now two, three weeks ago. So I'm reading through because I I didn't read everybody's story, but I'm reading through the stories. And, and it's just really, really nice to see some of these women that a lot of people have never heard of and seeing what they've done and where they are in their tech journeys.
0: Sure. And tell me, what is the festival that you had that was part So
1: we have our Voices in the Shadow Global Tech Advocates Black Women in Tech Festival. And it's Basically, we had two tracks this year. One was entrepreneurship, and one was about um, professional development. So for women in professional organizations, basically. So one was entrepreneurs, and one was for women that were working in corporate. And it's just about building your portfolio, building your career, career path, and trend and and progression. And that was really great. That was really great. And next year. I'm uh, the co-lead for the women in tech group. (laughs) So we have black women in tech group and then we have a women in tech group. Okay. And next year, that's the 10 year anniversary.
0: Okay. So
1: we're working on something where we bring in for all the different types of women. And probably I think next year we're going to focus very much on the financial aspects because that's a, a question and an area that everybody has an issue with you know, salary negotiation, how you're getting funded, because I've been a very firm proponent of people not getting VC funding unless it's absolutely necessary. And then getting specific funding, like um, if you are a female going to a fund where, you know, they are Mm -hmm. actually going to probably in high probabilities of what they've done in the past, give you funding versus just Going to a nameless Silicon Valley place where it's highly unlikely. So I'm I'm reading a lot of different stuff. One other fascinating book that I just just absolutely just got started was um, "Decentering Whiteness in the Workplace."
0: Mm, okay,
1: and that's by I've I'm going to mess up her name: Janice Gazum Azar Azar Azar. And I, I just started that just last night, and then another book <laughs> is Cobalt Red. Cobalt Red, which is why I'm very much uh, the minute I heard about it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is my this is my thing, this is my thing," you know. And uh, Cobalt Red by Siddharth uh, Kara, and then another book, which I just, I, I reread this book cons- consistently since I got it a few months ago. And it's the micro stress effect. And that's by Rob Cross and Karen Dillon. And I connected with Karen Dillon, the books published by HBR and I sat on a few round tables for them and very much friends with a lot of their team for the publishing arm. And I connected with her cause she wrote, they wrote an article is an HBR and I was like, Oh my God, Holy grail, you know, because there are all those little things that add up for so many of us. And I reached out to her and I said, mm, I said, it's a great article. I said, but you know, as a black woman, let me tell you. <laughs> and, and she's a white woman. She goes, I, she was like, I know she's like, I'm so sorry. We could not fit everything. She goes, because she, she's a, because for every intersection, there are more. She's like, every time you drill down, there are more and more. And and she's like, you know, some of it is addressed in the book. She goes, but we know. She said, just like for, you know, funding for women, you know, it could be 78%, you know, goes to men. Well, I said it's a worse number than that, but you know, 7% goes to women, and black women get 0.01% of that. Right. And she's like, So that's how it is with micro stresses. She said you have an added component for every intersection that you are. She's like, and there are, it was, it was just, oh, so I, I gifted the copy of the book to every single woman on our women in tech board, and also for our one male that's on the board. And I said, everybody has to read this. I said, because if we're going to be representing all women and we are a mixed group, we need to be aware of not just the stresses of women, but also you need to consider this we have the discussion all the time you know my co-lead for the women in tech group is a white female but she's also from south london and that's a heavily it's a heavily influenced community of black people right. so she has been in tune with this her whole life so she has a different perspective than some of the other people that are on our board that even though England is pretty multicultural. They've grown up in places where it is heavily just white. So they've, they've not really encountered that. So it's like, oh, but it's, that's a good book. That's I don't read a lot of fiction, which is most distressing because I like to read fiction, physically read fiction. Whereas with other books, I can listen to them. But listening to fiction doesn't work for me because That puts a voice to a character that I want to imagine what the voice sounds like versus listening to another book. I don't mind if the author reads it as long as their voice is not annoying. You know, There's one or two people that (laughs) I started listening to their books. I'm going, your voice is annoying. I think I'll have to read that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. And and I hear what you're saying about listening to fiction because when I, I do listen to fiction and I am imagining, even the way the character's de- character is defined, I'm imagining different voices usually. So I, I hear you on that. It's true.
1: Yeah, that's it's most distressing. I don't watch a lot. I don't have a television.
0: Yeah, me either. I don't, well, not here. I so, really watch TV. Yeah.
1: So when I do watch something, it, it's either like Prime or Netflix. I love football. And for those Americans, soccer, <sighs> football. <laughs> And um, I'm a big Liverpool fan. Okay. And so it was very distressing for me to open Netflix and have them recommend the David Beckham. <laughs> 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 but I have a firm appreciation for David Beckham because there are sometimes you see people and you think, oh, it's just hype. He has skill, he has talent. And especially the fact that I'm like, you played for Real Madrid with like the big guys you know you played with you know zidane you it's like okay i gotta give you props but um so i i watched i watched that okay and i binge watched i binge watched it mainly because well i was getting my hair braided so (laughs) (laughs) So, which didn't take that long, but I was like, well, you know, I said, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And normally, you know, we watch like some really trashy thing that she likes to watch. (laughs) And, but I was like, do you mind? She was like, no, it's really good. Oh, okay. And I was very surprised because, you know, there is a degree of control that people have with their image. Yes. So, you know, that there were some aspects of this that had to be controlled, but you could also tell with the interaction between him and Victoria Beckham, that's them. You can see that they're not as put away as other people would like you to think. Like they have this image of, you know, like, oh, you know, they've made it. But you listen to them talk and you're like, no, there's they're still, you know, they're still down here. And that's the difference I think between American and British celebrities. There's a more down to earth quality that you get with British celebrities than you get with American celebrities. I think American celebrities are put very much on a pedestal. You'll see some of the most famous people in the world by world standards, but by British standards, you'll see them on the tube. <laughs> you'll see them on the underground. You'll see them walk in and it's not a big deal. You know, it's kind of like living in New York City. You see celebrities all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say,
1: yeah, like I see them, you know, like Bobby De Niro, you know, you see him all the time and it's like not a big deal. It gets kind of like, oh yeah, again, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, those are those are great. Those are great tips. They'll be in the show notes, folks. You have a lot of a lot in the show notes this, this week. Oh, I've got another one. Yes, please add. The power on prime. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Yes. That yes. is
1: brilliant. And the thing yes. was Um, it was maybe like three, it was just, I want to say it was in the middle of the pandemic. Someone told me I should read the book and I didn't read the book. And I was like, "Ah," I was like, "Uh, am I going to read the book? And then I did it. And then voila, it came on Amazon prime. And I was like, Holy cow! Yeah, now if women could just rule the world like that, it would all be good. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) I'm 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 interested to know if they're going to come back with another season because oh,
1: it it was absolutely phenomenal. And every year when those island and the Iceland women go on strike and shut down the whole country, I think what would happen if it just got seeded throughout the world if every woman in the whole entire world did that it would just be a bunch of bombs and people shooting at each other and then them having to stop because there would be no women supporting them because it usually comes down to in some places the women building the weapons making the bullets having to feed them having to service their wounds and i'm like imagine if
0: we could have that yes I do all the time, for and, I, and I, <laughs> I imagine that for all disenfranchised peoples because I look at I've been just having a lot of interesting conversations about labor, and if people just stopped, I mean it's difficult. Like I, you know, feel like I have a privilege to be able to think like that, you know, because yeah. most people are living in survival mode. But if we could just break the mindset of go 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 and think about okay, how do I make a stand for me? And it really comes down to organizing. Yeah,
1: it's organizing and of course always the financial aspect. But I don't think the financial aspect, because I think if if it just stopped, you couldn't make any money. So you would have to listen. Exactly. That's it. You know, you look at like the actors strike, they just stopped. Exactly. Those companies could not make any money. They were just like, oh and even when you think about the pandemic, everything sort of stopped. And it really did even out a lot of things. And I just knew it was going to be so skewed afterwards because those people that made money wanted to make up their money. And that's what was so horrible because you could just say, Yeah.
0: And that's where we are now, actually. That's where we are. And that's, yeah,
1: is that people have just gone, well, you know, I need to make back my losses. No, it's like you can't make up time. That is it. There's only one thing in the world you can never do. When people say, "I'm going to catch up on sleep," you can't catch up on sleep. There's no such thing because you can't replace the time. It's just you. You need to make yourself less tired by getting sleep. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But you know, yeah. I'm sorry. I just, I just get all. Yeah. I'm a little. No, I I get it. So many things. So many things.
0: Exactly. I was thinking, I was like, we could be talking and talking because just the tangents. So um, I look forward to other conversations with you. I I really have enjoyed this time. I very much have. And so I'm mindful of your time. And so uh, as we draw our conversation to a close, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience? Sleep.
1: As I said, you you can't ever you know even though Maxine said you know reclaiming my time you can't really reclaim it <laughs> you can take it from somebody <laughs> but but you know you can never get time back and if there's one thing i always think about is how much time people waste pursuing without actually thinking what they're pursuing and i always think how do you want to spend your time how do you want to look back on your life and know because I know there are things that I think, oh my gosh, I wasted time on that. I don't think I wasted time getting to where I am professionally, even though it was not you know, the straight line that everybody thinks that it was. It wasn't. Think Everything that happens in your life happens and you learn from it. Always extract something to learn from what has happened in your past. You can't just go away thinking that that was bad and that's the end of it because from One thing that's bad, there's always something that's good. And no matter how bad your life is, there is always somebody that has a worse position than you. So even on your lowest, darkest day, I think and I go, I'm in a privilege. I've got a roof over my head. You know, I'm living a life that other people don't have never even contemplated. They can't even imagine it. They don't even have the technology the skills the infrastructure to think beyond that they don't have running water they don't have a toilet you know there are people that are way worse you know lower than i can even think or imagine i've got it good i'm not living in some gilded castle but guess what i want to be in a gilded castle because you know gold (laughs) flakes um (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know it's like "Ah, you know if i'm gonna live someplace i'll make sure it's stable (laughs) and, um, and right now we know unfortunately we're sucking this planet and it's not that stable but um you know just just live good be good you know pay it forward don't ever draw up that ladder once you've gotten someplace you know make sure you're helping the next generation because the only way that we flourish as if we help the next generation. Don't cut them down. Everybody's always talking about how they're useless. They're not. They just have a different way of thinking about things, just like we had a different way of thinking about exactly. things to our families and the generations before us. And no matter what you think about this being the worst time in the world ever in your life, no, it isn't. Everybody always thinks that about every generation. Mm-hmm. Said this 300 years ago, they there probably you go. said it, you know a thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years from go, you know, 20 years from now someone else is going to be saying that. So, it's about you and your perspective. Make your mind open.
0: Yeah. Good. I like it. I like it. Thank you so much, so much for that. Thank you so much for joining us. We really had a wonderful time. And again, we can find her at tsukifiller.com. And no, we can't.
1: <laughs> yes, you can. You can <laughs> find me there. My website is woefully, woefully late, okay. lately not been updated. It has to be updated. I'm okay. really bad about that. Sure. You know, yeah. I tell people to update their stuff and then I don't do mine.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but we can find you on your socials, which will be on the, uh, on the show notes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It was
0: wonderful to talk to you. Yes. Have a beautiful rest of your Monday. The sun has come out. Exactly. Exactly. I sent it specifically for you.
1: (laughs) Thank you so very much. You know, the melanin is going to start to glow now.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I can already see it. All right, Global Citizens, this is another episode of the podcast. You can catch us Tuesdays with new episodes at GlobalCitizensPod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, share, review, and tell a friend because that's how great people find great content on the lines. I know that sounded weird, folks. <laughs> but in any case, until next time, bye for now.